born to die He might give eternal life That I might live Then rose again Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment. But first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. For Jesus saved my soul that night Well, you're supposed to be getting a copy of my sermon for today. It's only an hour and a half long sermon. And while you're uh, waiting, you might as well go ahead and take your Bible and turn to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And a church Bible, the one in front of you there in the pew, it's um, page 1228. It's the same kind of a Bible that I have. That's because we want people to see what the Bible has to say. Community, Calvary Community Church is a, a Bible church. We believe the Bible. And 1 Corinthians in chapter 15, I want you to look at verse 58. Verse 58. Verse 58, wonderful statement. Because, see, if the resurrection is true, and I believe that it is, because everybody wants to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ coming back from the dead. Well, then believe Not only what he did, but what he says about the rest of our life for the Christian. We ought to believe that too. I should not believe just in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. That's not only what he said. It's not only what he did. We have communion because of what we believe we ought to be doing because of what he did. This is a reminder, a reminder for us to do what? We're supposed to do something because of what we know and believe to be the truth. We're supposed to believe Jesus Christ, who is God in the flesh, came into this world, died on the cross, paid for our sins, and came back from the dead. I told somebody just the other day, I said, you know, you can't know you're going there, heaven, until you know you can't go there, which is hell. If there's any possibility that in the future you can go there, It's because you don't understand the gospel. The good news is how to escape hell. The good news is how you can have eternal life, know that you're God's child, know that you're going to heaven. And when you believe that, when Christ died, he paid for your sins. I told somebody just the other day, but I'm always talking to somebody. It's amazing. I just seem to find them. They're everywhere. And I says, isn't it true you've heard all your life Christ paid for all the sins of the world? Yes. If he paid for all the sins of the world, mine, yours, and everybody's, why do we have to go to hell and pay for our sins if he already paid for them? I've never thought of that. They've heard it all their life. 
but they don't get it. You see, the reason he paid for my sins is because he didn't want me to do it. So he, since he paid for my sins, came back from the dead, the only thing he wanted me to do is believe he did it for me. That's why John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever, anybody, believeth, that's all you had to do, believe, should not perish. Two guarantees. You won't perish and go there, but have everlasting life. Go there. And yet everybody says, oh, I believe John 3, 16. No, you don't. Because if you still think you can go to heaven, you don't believe it. You don't believe the verse. You don't believe the gospel. The reason I can't go to hell today, I don't have any sins to pay for. It's not because I'm good. It's not because I'm a preacher. It's not because I go to Calvary Community Church. Help so. No, no. Not because you give money. A little bit more would help. No. Aren't you glad eternal life is free? It's the gift of God. That's why Christ died. So he says, because that is true. Here in verse 58, therefore, because the resurrection is true, because Christ did come back from the dead, therefore, my beloved brethren, he says, be you what? Steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. He says, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Why? Because the Lord rose again, and he is alive, he is in heaven. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be you steadfast, be unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord, because it's not over yet, it's not in vain. Why? Because Christ did come back from the dead. Now, because all of that is true, take your Bible and turn to the book of Romans in chapter 8. The book of Romans in chapter 8. This is my introductory remarks. You said, well, we get to the notes. Oh, in time. But if I don't, you still got them. But anyway, here in the book of Romans and chapter 8. Now, if you have already trusted Christ as your Savior, then you have what? Eternal life. And there is a union that takes place between you and the Lord. Look up here. Let me show you this real quick. You've probably never seen this before. I just thought of it today. This is you and me. This is sin. We all have sin on us. Now, God loves me, but he hates my sin. Remember that. God loves me. He loves you, but he don't like what you do wrong. So I can't get close to the Lord. He can't get close to me. So we're never going to have this, what they call a relationship. We're never going to have any fellowship because, you see, God is perfect. I'm not. Sin separates us, so we got a problem. You see, I can't do anything about my sins. There's nothing I can do. I can't solve the way I am. I am a sinner. I was born a sinner. I've lived a sinner. But God did have a way. So what he did is he took all the sins of all the world and paid for it on the cross. Came back from the dead. And he says that I believe that there's nothing between us. I am joined together with the Lord. And God says there can never be another separation. Because, you see, when God saved me, he took all my sins. So, therefore, the reason I can't go to hell today, I don't have any sins to pay for. And I don't have any sins to pay for tomorrow or the next day. Why? Because Christ paid for how many of my sins? All of my sins. So I am joined together with the Lord. And since no sin can ever come between us, because they're all paid, this union will never be severed. That's why he says, I'll never cast you out. I'll never lose you. 
There is absolutely nothing that can ever separate me from the love of God. Now look what he says here in the book of Romans, chapter 8, and look there in verse 32. This is a very, very important verse. Here in Romans, he says this in verse 32 of chapter 8. He that spareth not his own son, that was God who spared not his son, but delivered him up for us, how many? All. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So he freely gave us salvation. Salvation did not cost you anything. You were not saved because you promised that you're going to pay him back by living a good life for the rest of your life. And if you don't do your part, he's not going to do his part. No, he's going to do his part. You don't have any part. You don't have anything to do. All you're doing is accepting what he did for you. Look at the next part of the verse. How shall he not with him also give us freely all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? See, God has chosen to save everybody that believes. So here's the believer. Here's Yankee Arnold. There isn't one sin you can lay to my charge he hasn't paid for. You say, but you did it and you're guilty. Yeah, but he paid for it. You say, you don't deserve that. That's what's called grace. Grace means I don't deserve it. So if God is for me and his son died for me, then who are you or anybody else in this whole wide world to say I can't go to heaven? I'm going to heaven not because of what you say or your approval. I'm going to heaven because of his approval. He approved it. And I am accepted in the beloved. I'm accepted because I'm in Christ. Because I accepted Christ as my Savior. Everybody can know they're going to heaven when they die if they trust Christ as Savior in him alone. But if you trust in your works, then you are annulling the sacrifice that he made. Now look what he says in verse 35. He said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, or peril, or sword. What can separate me from God? Here I am. Now, I am joined together with the Lord. And he says, what can separate me from him? Who can separate me from him? It is God who justified me. He says, I was just as if I had never sinned. And there's no sin that you or anybody else can ever lay against me and says, you don't deserve to go to heaven. I'm going to heaven because of what he did for me. And nothing can separate me. Look what he says there in verse 38. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Nothing can separate. It can never be undone. I trusted Christ as my Savior when I was 18 years old in a little old living room in Athens, Georgia. And that day I trusted Christ as my Savior 59 years ago. It can never be severed. Can never be undone. God can't change his mind. God can't break his promise. I've had eternal life all those years, and I've known I have eternal life. And I know that there's no way possible that I can ever go to hell in the future because I believe he rose from the dead. Why? He paid for all of my sins. All of them, not some of them, not most of them. You say, what if you sin tomorrow? Paid. What about next week? Paid. What about right before you die? Paid. I have an insurance policy that covers it all. It's called fire insurance. And whenever I die, I cash in. And 
it doesn't have any payments to make. It's paid in full. All right, now look at this last verse. He says in verse 39, Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Look up here. I am with Christ. Why? Because he loved me. And I accepted his love. And he says, now nothing will ever separate you down the road. Now, because this is true, God gave us illustrations. You see, he was a great teacher of illustrations. And he talked about the sun. He talked about the moon. He talked about the lily of the valley. He talks about the rose of Sharon. All these things, he talked about everything. He was the master teacher. And he gave us four main things to help us to understand. Because this is true, and I have eternal life, what about the rest of my life that I have yet to live? I'm not there yet. I'm here, but I'm going there. So I'm a stranger. I mean, I'm away from home, but I'm a pilgrim because I'm on my way home. But until then, I want you to look at the next statement. Where I wrote these words, our spiritual union, in your notes, with the Lord is compared to the union of the head and the body. The head and the body, and I want you to write this word out from that word, body. Write the word unity. Unity. It's not only union, but it's unity. It's where the body has a head. Now, everybody in this room, if you still have a head, would you raise your hand? Okay, if you don't have a head, do not raise your hand. If you have a head, do you have a body? How many of y'all have a body that goes with your head? See there? Isn't that a simple illustration? Because, you see, without the head, the body can't do anything. If I had a glove up here and I say, glove, pick up that wallet. Glove, pick up the wallet. There's the wallet. Now, pick up that wallet. Well, it can't do it. Why? Because it has no life. But if I was to put my hand inside of the glove, now I have the power to use the glove to pick up the wallet. So simple. You see, you and I are like a glove that can't do anything. But with Christ, I can do. So the Holy Spirit living inside of me can control and do what he wants done in my life. See, So there's an illustration here, the head and the body. And put all things under his feet. That means he rose from the dead. And everything is to be under his feet. Though it's not there yet, it will be one day. When every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. He is who he claimed to be. He's coming back. But until then, he wants us to know, he says, which is his body. You and I are the body of Christ. Jesus Christ is the head. And the head is is in heaven, and the body is on the earth. And therefore, the only way we can get anything done is that we listen to the head. Well, here is where it reveals the will of God. So as we study the word of God, we're studying the mind of Christ. And therefore, the body knows what to do because it's connected to the head. And there is this union that we have that can never be severed. When I trusted Christ as my Savior, this is an unbreakable union. It can never be severed. Christ is the head, we are the body, and it can never be severed. None of God's people can ever go to hell. Impossible. 
All of God's children go to heaven. But you see, you're not a child of God when you're born into the world. He is your God, your creator, but he's not your father. You're not his child until you're born into God's family. That happens only that moment you trusted Christ as your savior. So this is why this is so important. Look at number two, down at number two. There's an illustration that God gives in the book of Ephesians about the husband and the wife. And I want you to write out from this one word. See, the first one up there, number one, was you wrote the word unity, or you can put union. But right here, number two, husband and wife, write the word love. Because God gave us an example. Husbands, love your wives. Husbands, love your wives. And the wives are supposed to submit to his love. And whenever the home is right, when the man is right with God, and the wife is right with God, they draw closer together. You see, it's like a triangle. The husband and the wife. The closer you get to God, the closer you get to each other. But you see, if you don't, it won't happen. That's why I love God first. Draw closer to the Lord, and you'll draw closer to each other. Now, Betty and I will be married 59 years in a couple months, two, two months, less than that. But it's because we've gone closer to the Lord, we've grown closer to each other. And after 59 years, she's a keeper. I guess I'll just keep her. <laughs> but that's what you're looking at. And the reason, this is a great illustration on love, because that's just what he's talking about. But look down there, the bottom of the page, and you will see that second statement, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. One flesh, it means it's not to be severed. That's why the next verse talks about let no man put a son. Because, see, this marriage between man and a woman was supposed to be a perfect picture of a union held together by love. The reason God wants you to serve him because he, he still loves you. But he wants you to love him. Because during your life, the reason we want to have God's blessings upon us is because we learn to love God and we love each other. And that's why marriage, see, whenever God instituted marriage with Adam and Eve in the beginning, there was no sinful nature. It was to be a perfect union and not to be divided by any man. Nobody, why? Because it was supposed to be for life. It's forever. Until death do us part. But you see, in Christ, there is no death. This love that we're supposed to have is supposed to be a, like an everlasting love. The home, believe it or not, is supposed to be like a picture of heaven where you've got a man and a woman who loves each other and they work together and they do all the things that they do. It's supposed to be a picture of what it's like in this perfect union in heaven. Most homes are not like that, are they? I've had a lot of people come to me for counseling. And I say, have you ever seen the marriage you'd like to have? You ever seen a man and a woman in a home, the happiness, the joy, the peace, the love? All have you seen anything like that? They said, no. But they're going to get married and have it. It's amazing how that sin comes and gets in and ruins everything, doesn't it? And it happens all over. 
But the illustration God gave is right there in the book. It's supposed to be a picture of God's love. You and I are supposed to love the way a man and a woman is supposed to love. And the husband is to love her so much he's willing to give his life for his wife. To lay down his life for his wife. Why? Because that's what Christ did for us. Why? Because he loved us. Now let me show you something. Most of you have never seen this before. But watch now very closely. At no time will this hand ever leave my wrist. I want you to watch. Verify that this is true. This is you and me. And letting the wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. God loves us. Now, he hates our sin, but he loves us. And the Bible says we have all sinned. You say, well, what is sin? Well, whatever it is, you did it. Because God says all of us have. But whatever it is, it's rebellion to God. It's disobedient. It's transgressing the law. It's not fulfilling the law. It's not being perfect. So God has his perfect law. You want to live with him? Just be perfect. Nobody's perfect. So the law condemns everybody because all have sinned. And the wages of sin is, is death. So we all have to die. That's why everybody born, everybody dies. You see, Christ didn't have to die because, you see, he didn't have a sinful nature. He never did anything wrong. But we've all sinned, so we're all condemned. And to be eternally separated from God in a literal fire burning hell. So you don't need a Savior to keep you from going to a place if it don't exist. So God says he loves us, wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, we have to be perfect, no sin. And nobody's perfect. Nobody qualifies. So God says, by your works, you cannot improve your situation. You're already condemned. So doing good deeds will not take away your bad deeds. This requires death. If there's only one sin over here, all your good works of all of your life can't take away that one sin. You still got to die. Still got to pay for it. You're still going to go to hell. But God loves us. And he says, you cannot pay for your sins by good works. You need a savior. We can't save ourselves. And the law puts us in this condition so that we can see that no man is righteous. The law points you to Christ. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord. God in the flesh came into the world. He has no sin, doesn't have to die. But he loves us, hates our sin because our sin separates us from him. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. He took all the sin of all the world, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead. And he says, the only thing you and I have to do, believe that he did it for us. Why did he do this? Because he didn't want you to do this. He did it for you. He paid for your sin because he didn't want you to pay for your sins. And the Bible says that Christ died for our sins before we were ever born. He did it 2,000 years ago. So if he paid for our sin 2,000 years ago, how many of our sins did he pay for? All of them before we were ever born. So that means past, present, future. He's already paid for every sin that I'll ever commit in my whole life. And he did the same thing for you, for the whole world. And the only thing he wanted us to do when he came back from the dead is this, will you believe I did that for you? So when you believe he did it for you, you're not going to try to earn your way to heaven. Why? Because you know you're already going. See, people are trying to earn their way to heaven by their good life. It means they're not trusting in what he did. They're going to trust in what they do. I know I'm going to heaven because of what he said. 
and because of what he did. What he did was he paid for all my sins. And what he said was, if I'd believe it, I'd have eternal life. So when I trusted Christ as my Savior, God gave me as a free gift everlasting life. If it's everlasting life, how long would it last? If it lasts forever and all my sins are paid, where am I going when I die? Can I know I'm going to heaven before I die? Of course. I know I'm going to heaven. You know, most people, they don't know that. They think it's because of how they live. How you live cannot determine your destination. And it's a shame that people can't see it. But it says many are on the road, the broad road that leads to destruction. And the narrow, few people see this. Because they're still trying to earn their way by how they live. And thinking, well, I know she's not saved because, you know, if she was saved, she wouldn't do that. No, you don't get it. A person can trust Christ as Savior and not obey the Lord. Now look up here. When you trusted Christ as your Savior, if you do it today, you become a child of God. And as a child of God, you've got a choice. You can be an obedient child or a disobedient child, but you're still his child. I've got three children, the hard way, one wife. When those kids are born into my family, when they're good, they're mine, and when they're bad, they're Betty's. <laughs> no, they're still ours. But they can be obedient or disobedient. God said, if I'm obedient, he'll bless my life here, and he'll reward me when I get to heaven. But if I'm disobedient, he's going to have to chasten me, maybe discipline me, uh, take me home for my time. But I'm still his child. So in my Christian life, I decided I would rather have God bless my life than to whoop me. So I want to be an obedient child of God. But see, I'm not doing this to be a child of God. I'm not doing this to get to heaven. I'm doing it because I'm going to heaven. I am his child. And I would rather have his blessings than his whoopings. Doesn't that make sense? But I'm not trying to do it to get to heaven. See, if you're doing it to try to get to heaven, you ain't going. You're not saved until you trust Christ and him alone as your only hope of going to heaven. You're saved by faith, not by your worth. One work annuls grace. One work. You depend upon one work to get you to heaven. Annuls grace. Because grace is the absence of work. It, look. If I offered you this year book and you accept it, what would you have? If I offered you this microphone and you accept it, what would you have? Microphone. If I offered you my wallet and you accept it, what would you have? Empty wallet. We're going to take up another collection in a minute. If Christ walked across here and he offered you eternal life and you accept it, what would you have? Eternal life. And if it's eternal life and it lasts forever and all your sins are paid, where are you going? Going to heaven. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed. No one looking around. If you are here today and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you put your trust in Him? I hope because of the things that we've said, what we've shared, you understand you cannot save yourself. The preacher can't save you. The church can't save you. All of your good works will not help. Would you put your trust in Christ? He died for you because He loved you. He paid for all of your sins so that you wouldn't have to. And all he wanted you to do is, would you believe he did it for you? And by you believing that, he gives that payment that he made, he gives it to you. You have a payment for your sins. You go to heaven whenever you die. There's no tricks to it, no gimmicks. I'm not going to pin you against the wall, but I am going to ask you in just a moment to raise your hand. Raising your hand does not save you. I'm not going to have you forward. I'm not going to try to embarrass you. But right where you're sitting, you say, preacher, that made sense to me. And I will accept Jesus Christ as my Savior right now. And if you're making that decision, I'd like to know and I'd like to have prayer for you. 
And I'm going to ask you if you'll just slip it up very quickly, put it right back down, say, preacher, that made sense. I will trust Christ as my Savior. I want to know that I'm going to heaven when I die. Is there anyone at all? Anyone at all? Just slip it up, put it right back down. If you have trusted Christ as your Savior, you have something to share with somebody else. You've got some good news. Best news in all the world. Father, we thank you again for your blessings. Thank you for those that are watching by internet. And pray that many will understand and put their trust in you. We thank you for this time together. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Have you ever heard that faith without works is dead? Or have you ever read James chapter 2? Does your faith produce good works? Some teach that if you don't serve the Lord, you're not saved. Is that true or false? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book. Or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace.